And now, here's Matt Mosley. Audience, Matt Mosley. And uh, proud to be joined by my longtime friend and colleague, David Ubbin, from The Athletic. And, uh, David, uh, I'm glad you got to hear all those sponsors, uh, that uh, <laughs> all my partners. Uh, I, I think it's time for The Athletic to become an underwriter of the Matt Mosley Show. So you let, you let, um, you let the uh, appropriate people know, David, that uh, your, your weekly segment – needs to be sponsored all right <laughs> i'll pass it along <laughs> all right all right uh david ubbin uh always fun to uh to catch up with you lots going on not the least of which the ncaa sticking it to oklahoma state another reason why you should never cooperate with the ncaa but we may get there we may not uh you wrote about i liked your column uh about cincinnati and in the whole college football playoff but i mean David, we knew this was coming. I mean, we're about three weeks removed from everybody saying, oh, yeah, Cincinnati, if they keep doing this, it'll be. And we, you and I have been around the block a few times, and we saw what happened to Baylor and TCU in 2014. The big brands are always going to win out. Um, and, and, I, and I liked it because some of our former uh, colleagues at ESPN, I noticed about a week ago, uh, one in particular, started making the case and shooting holes in Cincinnati's, you know, in their resume. And, I, and David, I was kind of like, okay, here it comes. And now it has arrived. Poor Cincinnati has no shot at the top four. Yeah, they need a lot of help. I mean, I, I think ultimately, uh, you know, the metrics by which the committee uses I don't, think it's, it's, I don't think it's necessarily fully fair to say they lean on the, the big brands. But the metrics that they use, I think, certainly favor uh, the Power Five in just about every aspect and make it very hard, dare I say, impossible for a group of five team to make the the, the top four. Uh, I mean, if this Cincinnati team is not going to do it and it's not going to be, you know, I think people see them at six and think about how the human poles work and wonder if they might be able to climb. They're not going to be able to climb. They don't have another top 25 team on their schedule. Maybe they might add one if SMU or Houston sneaks in there by the end of the season. But that number six, I would bet you, unless a bunch of teams ahead of them or around them lose, they're more likely to drop than they are to rise. And that's because of how the metrics operate. And and Cincinnati hasn't been the most dominant team in the country. But kind of what I wrote about is it's just very frustrating to see time and time again not even just with Cincinnati, but just with the entirety of college football, that more than half the teams in the country, basically those outside of the Power Five, and we'll see with Wake Forest, maybe some inside the Power Five, you can win all your games and you don't get a chance to compete. And that is insane. And it, 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 No other sport does that. And it's, it's hard to, to reconcile with it. The last night we were forced to kind of stare in the face that, you know, Cincinnati could win all its games and probably not get to compete. And, and the same may be true for Wake Forest. So it was kind of, I wrote kind of about Cincinnati, but it's, it's kind of more about the just the issue at hand yeah. that if there's something that is insane, which that idea is insane, it's antithetical to the concept of sport, it's worth talking about it. And, and it's, it's hard to see for, for a sport that I love, and I know you love as well. Maybe this will force them into – we've always rooted for chaos, thinking maybe that will uh, cause something to happen. We shall see. 
I mean, that, that's just flat out disrespectful. Uh, and and yeah. I mean, you're, it's not like you're acting like UTSA has just had like the most am- amazing wins ever, but they are eight zero. And and with the Big Ten opponent, a win over at Illinois and in Memphis, and and they've been extremely impressive this year. To not even put them in the top twenty-five and lean on uh, Mississippi State at five and three is Wisconsin five and three as well. Minnesota, by the way, the the love for the Gophers has been there a long time. That goes back <laughs> to two thousand fourteen when yeah. they were trying to prop up Ohio State, at least in my opinion. And they they there was like they they could not bring themselves to drop the Gophers out of the top 25 that year. <laughs> I recall that. I recall. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota's inclusion was weird. I mean, Minnesota's looked pretty good. You know, we asked uh, Gary Bardo last night, what, you know, what what what, in, what entrances you about Minnesota? And he kind of said, well, they've won four games in a row. And it's like, okay, well, they haven't really had a quality win in that bunch, and they've lost to a Bowling Green team as well that has not beaten another FBS team besides Minnesota since 2019, Matt. That's a long time, uh, pre-pandemic. The world was a different place the last time Bowling Green beat a non-Minnesota team. So, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And it's I, I, knowing the system and understanding how these rankings are made, nothing really surprised me last night. But you just stare at it. And I don't know how, just as a human being, you can't look at it and say, this is wrong. This is messed up. This is not what it should be. I think an expanded playoff fixes some of that where at least you can compete for it. It doesn't necessarily change who's going to win or a lot of the same faces, but my body just cannot accept. It just fundamentally rejects the concept that a team can go undefeated and not get a chance to compete. All right, talking to David Ubbin from The Athletic. David, uh, what what are the next steps for getting this playoff um, and – do you think um, it seemed like the whole Texas and OU defection slowed down the process and then the formation of the alliance? Um, I, I do think a chaotic situation like this, and and um, God forbid Alabama with two losses gets left out, then then we would change <laughs> all of it. We would change it like before they even happens. We would immediately have a 12-team playoff. What What sort of timeline do you think we're working on here? The timeline is anyone's guess. I think they'll get to 12. The commissioners are meeting uh, right up the road in Dallas uh, this week. I think that starts tomorrow. Uh, And they're going to be talking about 8 versus 12. But I think we can't forget that the SEC is carrying the biggest stick in the room. And and I think ultimately the SEC and Commissioner Greg Sankey has been very, very clear. He strongly opposes 8, mostly because he opposes the idea of when you go 8, you're going to have – you know, the, the major conferences qualifying. And, you know, the SEC would have probably two or maybe even three some years teams finish higher in the rankings than maybe a Pac-12 champion could. Uh, and he feels like the, the people would reject that. Obviously, it's not what's best for the SEC. So he wants the way it is now or 12, and that really matters. I just think there's too much money on the table for them to not go to 12 and too many people that want to see 12. Uh, and a lot of evidence that expanding the playoff enhances the regular season. It does not, um, you know, uh, I guess not delegitimize, but just sort of limit the impact. I just don't think that's true. I think the more teams that are still in the, in the national championship hunt are, are good for the sport. So as far as timing, you know, it's tough to really know because, like I said, people really slam the brakes on this. 
there's a lot of people that are kind of uncomfortable with it, but I, I would be surprised if it's not 12 as the next step. All right, talking to David Ubbin from The Athletic on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. David, is how weird is it that Gary Patterson is no longer the head coach at TCU? I mean, I, I, I can almost remember us being in a TV studio. Now, you may have been at one of those games. I, I can't remember. We were both in studio that night, and, and, I, and I was angrily calling out Gary after one of those brutal Baylor TCU battles ended, and I, you know, of course, I was showing my bias as I tended to do from time <laughs> to time. The, was this the Ahmad Dixon blowing kisses game? I think so, and I, and I, I didn't, I, you know, Gary got after Art, and of course, it, Art had had tragedy happen. You remember that week, and it, it was just an, uh, the whole thing was kind of ugly on everybody's part, and uh, including mine, by the way. Uh, but, but I mean, it, just think how wild that is that that rivalry between Bryles and Gary had gotten so good and so fun, and now both of those guys are going to be out of college football. Now, Gary may not be for long, but uh, I, I mean, it, it, I know it was not headed in the right direction for TCU. I never thought we would get here this fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he would probably get one more chance to maybe uh, change some things. It sounds like they, they sort of gave him that offer, and he didn't really want to do that. But, I, I you know, Gary, I don't think it's going to be done. And if, I'm, if I've got one of these openings, I might want to kick the tires on Gary Patterson because you're going to get a angry Gary Patterson, a guy who has built some pretty good programs. I, I, I'd be really intrigued um, if I've got an opening. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, the one that jumps out to me, Matt, Nebraska could do worse. If, if they decide to go elsewhere with Scott Frost, I might want to see about that. Uh, and, and maybe, mm. hey, what do we think about this idea? Um, because, you know, the whole issue is doing more with less, and he's done that a lot, and he's done more with more as he's recruited a little bit better. Um, I was surprised that it happened quite so swiftly, but, you know, Gary's a headstrong guy. He's going to do what he wanted to do, and, and, you know, the idea of sort of being forced into doing things that he didn't feel like, you know, were, were, were what he wanted to do for his program, he's not going to do that, and he's got enough power to do that. And uh, I, I don't think you're seeing a retirement from Gary Patterson. All right, I, I'd like to see him right up there in a press box, uh, in, in the Baylor press box, as a defensive analyst for the Bears next season. All right, that's what I'm. <laughs> I don't that's know. what I I'm pushing he, I, for. I think he is going to be uh, real hot under the collar wherever his next job is. I, I like I said, I, it, it, it's going to be real interesting. You know, people kicking around the idea of, of him going elsewhere in Texas. That makes some sense for recruiting and some of those connections. But man. Some big jobs. I, I, I feel like, you know, rather than roll the dice on somebody, I, I think you're going to get a renewed Gary Patterson. I'll be real interested uh, to see what his next next stop is. He, <laughs> he might be the most um, interesting guy, um, you know, yeah. interesting candidate on this carousel. Sonny goes to TCU. Gary goes to SMU. All is well. And we just, we just <laughs> have a big old time. Uh, David, I, uh, I appreciate it. Always fun catching up. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Matt.